You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Steven Simcox here with you. It is uh, Monday, January 25th. Happy to, to be talking to you. Conference title games going on today in the NFL, but in college football and in college basketball, we have a lot of TCU news to cover. In the first segment, we'll talk about a recruiting note um, that came down earlier today. And then in segment number two, we'll get into uh, some TCU basketball news. Men hoping to get back in action on Thursday. The women played on Sunday and got a nice victory over Texas Tech. Comeback victory. Uh, excuse me, that game was on Saturday. But uh, nonetheless, the women win. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, I was actually on campus this week, which was fun. They play uh, Baylor on Tuesday, so that'll be a tough one. But they get a victory over Texas Tech to move to 2-6 and six in conference play, so we'll cover that and more. But right now, let's talk some uh, some recruiting for TCU. The Frogs landed their first commitment for the 2022 class today. Um, 2021 is wrapping up. they got about a month left before the last national signing day. Obviously, as is the trend uh, uh, around most places in the country now. Most of TCU's 2021 commits signed in that early signing period back in December. But for 2022, not a lot of momentum, but they've been pushing out a lot of offers um, in the past few weeks. And today, got a commitment from Richland wide receiver C.J. Nelson. Of course, Nelson is right there in the Metroplex. And on a tweet that he put out, Earlier today, he just put the caption, I'm staying home, hashtag go frogs, and then uh, had like an edit of himself playing at TCU. He picked up an offer from the frogs recently and jumped on it um, pretty early in his recruitment, obviously, but he had offers from Houston, Kansas, uh, Arkansas State, those types of schools. Not a lot of Power 5 action yet. We'll be curious to see if he gets more of that going into a senior season, uh, but had a huge year last year, only played in eight games, but had uh, 1,098 yards and 14 touchdowns. Also had a couple picks on defense, so he plays both ways. He averaged 21.9 yards per catch, um, and he lands at TCU in that inside receiver position. So, you know, finally a name on the board here in 2022, which is nice. He's six foot tall. 175 pounds, again, offers from SMU, Kansas, Houston, and Arkansas State. But he told Jeremy Clark when he got the TCU offer that TCU was his dream school. His sister played basketball there. So I think there's a good chance that this is a pretty hard commitment. He's um, obviously jumping on pretty early there for that 2022 class. And, you know, one thing about TCU the last few years, Malcolm Kelly has done a – a really good job recruiting. I mean, he flipped some guys late last year uh, with Quentin Johnston and um, Savion Williams. You know, Savion was like a, a day of guy. Um, and and Quentin was a, a guy that flipped from that Texas commitment the day before and ended up signing with TCU. And I think those guys are going to end up being huge players. Um, Nelson looks more like a inside wide receiver and somebody who could make some some things happen and cause some damage there in the slot. But um, a, a nice find by CCU. 
I mean, again, he is a, a three-star commit. Um, he's not, you know, somebody who's going to set the world on fire. But C.J. Nelson, uh, the 88th wide receiver in the uh, in the country coming to TCU, which is uh, kind of a nice haul there. Doug Meacham apparently was also really involved in his recruitment. And the Frogs get the Richland product to stay home. So good for C.J. And you hope this kind of kickstarts you know, that class. 2021 was a, a very small recruiting class. And once the dust settles, you know, ended up finishing ninth in the Big 12. Only Tech was worse. Um, I think once the dust settles with some of the transfers and maybe a few guys that you could add at the end of this cycle, Sam Jackson was a big player to add there um, right before the first signing day that I think helped improved it. But if you if you actually look at the players they got, it's it's not bad. It's just sort of the number of commits and then only a couple four-stars in this class. You know, the transfers are going to make a big impact, but it's important to know, like, transfers are cool, and I think you need them in this day and age of college football, and they almost work like free agents. You know, in the NFL, free agency has more and more become uh, a place that teams use just to kind of fill needs in the immediate future, you know, they're not building towards anything. And that's the thing about taking in a lot of transfer players. Uh, you know, it's good to have, but at the end of the day, you know, you're not building a program based on guys that are only going to be there for a year or two. If you're trying to build a program, it's going to be because you recruited and developed players that are going to be at that school for three to four years. So, 2022 is important. I mean, this is this was supposed to be the year for TCU football. They had a lot. They have a lot of guys coming back. Doesn't seem like you know they hit the the trail as hard as they typically would, but they had started to build some momentum as the team. The last few seasons that was right behind Oklahoma and Texas, who were always going to kind of get their pick of the guys in recruiting. And if they can get back to that, then that would be huge for the football program. Um, if you have another sort of disappointing year where you have a small class and you just don't have a lot of big names coming in, then I think that becomes a concern for this uh, for this team and for this program moving forward. But we'll see where this goes. Again, C.J. Nelson, Richland wide receiver, had over a thousand yards receiving and uh, in last last season in high school, and only played in eight games. So. Uh, he becomes the first guy, and, and hopefully he starts to uh, build some momentum for this class and maybe even helps the staff uh, recruit as they start to build something in 2022. Coming up next, let's talk some TCU basketball. TCU women get a victory over Texas Tech on Saturday. We'll break that down and let you know when the men will get back in action. That's all coming up next. But first, let me tell you about one of our new sponsors. I'm really excited to talk to you about Keeps. As guys, hey, a lot of us know, uh, you know, so much of our, our looks are wrapped up in our hair, how it feels after a fresh cut, how we style it when we go out. And if, if you're starting to notice, man, I got some hair loss coming on and you're panicking, hey, don't worry. There are some good products out there, and one of them is Keeps. Did you know two or three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 30, 35? So the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. Don't panic. Use Keeps. Keeps is uh, a great treatment. It 
keeps treatments uh, that typically last between four and six months to see results. So it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using keeps, the more hair you'll save. Find out why keeps has a five-star review. Uh, and more than 100,000 men trust keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. This is to help keep your hair. Once you start noticing that male pattern baldness, order keeps today um, and, and, and start keeping that hair. Again, that's keeps. They are a, a great service, a hair loss medication product, hair loss prevention product that will help you keep your hair intact. Also, I want to talk to you about betonline.ag. I tell you about it a lot. BetOnline.ag, if you go there and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. They have, you know, all the latest on the NFL game. Super Bowl is going to come up here in a few weeks. What do you need to bet on? They'll let you know. They have the latest in college basketball. They also have current headlines in sports as your one-stop shop for all sports news. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Find them on social media at betonline underscore ag to take advantages of the best bonuses in the business. Back here on Locked on Horn Frogs, wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And as always, if you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order. I'll tell you more about Built Bar, one of my favorite sponsors later. They sent me a box recently of some goodies and i really appreciate it built bar the best in the business but right now let's talk some tcu basketball the tcu women were in action on uh, saturday afternoon in fort worth it was a one o'clock tip and the lady frogs get a victory 61 to 53 over texas tech this game was almost a reverse of the first game that these teams played over in lubbock when tcu faced Tech and Lubbock, they jumped out to a huge lead early. Tech sort of chipped away, chipped away, and eventually pulled away and won that basketball game. And it was the same thing in Fort Worth, except it was flipped. Tech jumped out to a big lead early on in this one. They were up 24-13 to at one point. TCU really struggled to score in the first half, but they went on a 7-0 run in about the last three minutes of the second quarter to cut that Red Raider lead to 24-20 to before halftime. And then they just sort of uh, gradually chipped into that lead in the second half and ended up finding a way to get a victory 61-53. to And there there were a lot of key contributors in this game. Lauren Hurd was great once again. But the, the difference in this game to me was Asia Holmes had 14 points. She was 4 of 7 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3. And... She was huge down the stretch of this game. I mean, she was crossing people over, hitting threes. She hit some on catch and shoot. She was hitting uh, threes that were contested. She was great all day long, and she hit some big shots down the stretch. So those 14 points off the bench from Holmes were huge, and that's what I've been talking about all year with this team. You know, Lauren Hurd is is doing her thing. Um, Caroline Germain is not much of a scorer, but she sort of runs the offense. Gets the, gets the girls in their sets, uh, makes plays. She has not shot the ball well all year long. But they, they have to have a second option besides Lauren Hurd. And Michelle Berry played 40 minutes on Saturday. She was just going, getting after it all game long. She had 14 points. And, you know, she has a nice mid-range game. She was catching some passes in the high post and turning around and making some tough shots. But if Holmes off the bench or Tavi Diggs, 
can come in and lead the charge and kind of get that offense kick-started, that's going to help a lot because Hurd's playing 38 minutes. Barry's playing 40 minutes. This is not a team with a lot of depth. So if you're out there, you're going to have to score, you're going to have to make plays, and they did that on Saturday as they get the victory 61-53 to and played great defense all day long. Texas Tech took a lot of shots. They were 23 of 70. They were getting up and down the floor, but they only shot 32% from the field, 17% from three, and only got to the free throw line seven times. So a really good job by TCU playing good discipline defense and not sending the Red Raiders to the line a lot. In contrasting that, you know they only shot 34%, 28% from the field, and 90% from the line. Listen, the formula for this team to win, they are they're just simply not a very good offensive team this year. I mean, it's last year they were they were solid at it. Now they weren't um a great offensive team, but they had some scores on that team. I think one one player they really miss is Jade Wood. She just she had an ability with her length and her athleticism to get to the rim and finish strong and and make tough baskets and they don't really have anyone on this team this year that can do that that when you need you know a tough basket or if you're uh, in the middle of a game and the other team's going on a run can kind of stop that with a score and obviously you know Lauren Hurd is has done that to a certain extent but she just needs more help from her supporting cast and it hasn't really come from this team but they get the victory against Texas Tech they played better over the past couple weeks now the problem is on Tuesday you run into a Baylor team that is, as always, playing really well. Now they lost to Iowa State about a week ago um, in, in a midweek game, but you know they were coming off uh, a COVID-19 outbreak. They didn't have much practice, and they come in the game, and they didn't play super well. This is a more vulnerable team, a Baylor team, than normal. I mean, they've only lost two games on the season. They ranked seventh in the country. They lost to Arkansas in non-conference play and then lost to Iowa State in a conference game a while back. All that being said, though, it's still Baylor. It's still the Lady Bears. They are very, very good. And I, I don't, you know, I obviously don't anticipate this TCU team winning but if you can be competitive, if you can stay with them for a half, if you can win a quarter or two, that's going to be huge because, again, you're, you're playing well right now. You don't want to um, ruin any of this momentum and just get your, your doors blown off and then have a trouble bouncing back. They're 2-6 and six in conference play. I understand you know, you're not really playing for a tournament berth unless you get red hot moving forward. But you're still playing – for something you're trying to get victories you're trying to win and uh, i hope that works out for for tc basketball but yeah friday playing a a really good baylor team we'll see how that goes um and tcu men are supposed to be in action on thursday against kansas this was originally scheduled to be a tuesday game but they moved it to thursday as tcu's trying to get everybody back healthy from covid19 and this is a kansas team that is now 500 in big 12 play they lost 75-68 to 68 to Oklahoma over the weekend. So, again, you're getting KU off of a loss. It's up in Lawrence. Um, I wish I was more optimistic about this, but it's just kind of hard to be because this is a team that whacks TCU in Fort Worth. You know, unless they've lost some major confidence, I'm having trouble finding ways to spin this to be super positive about it. But I will say this. 
this is a KU team that doesn't have a great player. I mean, they, they just don't. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in the next segment. But I was, I've been watching them a few times this year, and I've just been kind of dumbfounded at the fact that they don't have a go-to guy this season. And maybe that's a, an advantage that TCU could exploit. But before we talk about that and talk about some TCU football to close out the show, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the market. I was so happy when I got a box from them. Thank you to Built Bar, one of our great sponsors, for sending me a box of bars about a week ago. And I've almost eaten all of them already. They have some great flavors, some great traditional flavors like peanut butter and chocolate. And then they have, you know, some some sort of off-the-wall flavors, um, lemon almond cheesecake and uh, cookies and cream. It's just a great company. And it's good for you, too. It's only 180 calories, um, only 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of fat. So it's, it's good fuel for your body. It's not, you know, something that's going to uh, slow you down or make you feel sick. It's, it's good for you. It'll fill you up. It's a great snack. And if you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. I told you about it earlier. 20% off your order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, final segment here on Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Uh, later on this week, I'm going to have some TCU baseball talk. We are inching closer to TCU baseball season, less than a month away now. So I'll break that down later this week. And then obviously on Wednesday and Thursday, I'll have some good basketball talk for you based on you know the, the women playing Baylor on Tuesday night and then the TCU men getting back in action on the road on Thursday night against Kansas. And I was telling you before we went to break there about this KU team and just how interesting it is. This is a a Kansas team that does not have, like in the past, they have always had great players. And they've had a guy that they can just, you know, get the ball to and they can almost score it well, whether it's Andrew Wiggins or, you know, Ben McLemore Perry Ellis, Jeff Withy, um, they, they've always had a, a, a dude, just a dude who can score. And they don't have that this year. I mean, this is a team that's 4-4 four and four in conference play. And the striking thing to me about Kansas is, you know, Marcus Garrett is a great defender, like an elite on-the-ball defender. But he's, he's not really a scorer. And he's not someone that can just go in and uh, – score whenever he wants to. And then David McCormick is a, a big body inside. He's a good player, but he's he's also, like, he has limited post moves. He gets in foul trouble a lot. He's another guy that you just can't count on a score consistently. You know, Christian Braun's a good three-point shooter, but they just don't have – a dude that you can kind of dump the ball to and trust, oh, yeah, he's going to go score. He's going to go get a bucket for us. And that's the most shocking thing to me about this KU team. Now, can TCU exploit that? I'm really skeptical. I mean, this TCU team, they just – they don't make a lot of sense. I I feel like they overachieved early in the year and maybe gave us a little false hope. You know, they're playing well. They got off to a nice little start in Big 12 play against some bad teams. But Mike Miles is kind of struggling with consistency. I think he's going to end up being a really good player. RJ Nimhard is a good scorer. And then after that, I mean, it's it's just sort of hit or miss, depending on the day. 
what they're going to do. So I think this team can go on the road, especially when they probably haven't had much of a chance to practice and be great. No, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical about that. But, hey, I mean, playing the games is a big step forward. And it's unfortunate that they had this outbreak. But if you can get back on track and maybe get in a little rhythm here, that's a big positive. And, hey, we'll see. Maybe they'll surprise you. I mean, Kansas is a vulnerable team. They're a beatable team. But the teams they've lost to this year, Oklahoma State, um, Baylor, Oklahoma, and Texas are all really good. I mean, this is just not a TCU basketball team that is really good and then I feel like is, is going to be able to always take advantage of, you know, mistakes that that uh, Kansas is going to make. Okay, moving forward. Looking at uh, looking at some football before we sign off today. Early enrollees. I, I, I saw this. It came up on my, on my feed on the uh, Horn Frog Blitz boards today. And one player that I haven't talked about a lot, and this is my fault for not really bringing him up, but Kenny Turrier is a, another grad transfer that's coming in this season for TCU. And he's a defensive end, defensive lineman from UCF. He's originally from Miami. In his career, he's got nine and a half sacks. Now, in 2020, he played 12 games, had four sacks. 2019, he had three and a half sacks. And in 2018, he had two sacks. So these are not mind-blowing numbers, but he's consistently been able to get to the quarterback at UCF. I would imagine getting in the program here at TCU and getting some better uh, getting some better coaching is probably going to help him out. And, hey, it's, it's interesting, man. Like, Turrier is coming in on the defensive line. Um, Obine is coming in on the offensive line. And when you already have on the D-line, that is, you have Kyrie Coleman, who was great down the stretch. And you have O'Shawn Mathis, big force already. Now you add another player to that mix in Terrier, and I'm excited to see what this TCU defensive line is going to look like moving forward, and I'm excited to see um, what they can do as, as a unit. But uh, Terrier's a guy I haven't talked a lot about on the pod, and I just want to make a note. He is part of that 2021 class, and that's what I was talking about earlier. This 2021 class, is it somewhat disappointing? Yes. From a recruiting perspective, yeah, it is. At the same time, though, I think with uh, with some of the gains they've made in the transfer market, there's still opportunities here. I mean, there's there's still opportunities to build this thing up. And once the dust settles, especially if they're able to, you know, get a few things going and maybe sign one or two more players um, – in that second signing day, I feel like this 2021 class is going to look a lot better. It's just something to watch moving forward. That's going to do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. Appreciate you joining me. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk some more TCU football. We'll also talk some TCU baseball. All things Horn Frogs, your only daily TCU podcast. Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.